Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And we're back here after a missed week. And there is a reason for that. It's not that I just got lazy or I had other things going on in my life because that always happens. But there were bigger things going on in the world. There were protests going on in cities all throughout our country, right? Black Lives Matter after the whole George Floyd murder that everybody saw, right? We all know what's going on in this country. It's being talked about in the Giants virtual meetings all last week, again this week. It's everywhere. This is what's going on in our society. So I thought it was inappropriate for me at the beginning of last week to put out an episode on the breakdown of Daniel Jones' rookie season. I already have an interview taped with Dan Orlovsky. We were talking about Daniel Jones, what we liked, didn't like, what he saw. And I just thought, is that the right time to put something like that out? So I put it on ice. And then I said, okay, what, what else can we do? And I sat here. And I wasn't really sure what to do. And then that's kind of the, the point here. I'm a white man. I grew up in a fairly affluent neighborhood growing up. I wasn't rich, but I grew up with these advantages that a lot of these black men, a lot of these black men in locker rooms, a lot of black men around the, around the United States, they didn't have. And so I thought around and said, well, what can I do? What can somebody like me do? Right? I mean, like I said, I don't think people want to hear me stand on a pulpit and preach. I just don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should use my platform in that way. So I thought, what kind of way can I help? Where is, what is my part in all this? What should our part be in all this? This is gonna, I'm not gonna go on and on about this. this is a few minutes, a few minutes here. Because like I said, I don't think anybody came here to hear my personal or political views or anything of the sort. But one thing I could say is the first thing I thought of is it's important that we all take care of everything in our own house, right? There's racist people in this world. My job is to teach my kids, right, my family, my inner circle, the difference between right and wrong, that we're all human, that you shouldn't judge by race. You shouldn't judge by color. You shouldn't judge by nationality, that we should all be looked at as humans. And I try and do that in my everyday life. I try to look at everyone as a human, and I judge everybody by how they treat me and how they interact with me. But when you watch some of these things, and you should watch uncomfortable conversations with a black man, Emmanuel Acho, he's doing a great job. I listen to those, and it makes you do a little introspection and realize while I I say I am not racist, I look at everyone the same. I look at everyone as a human. I try not to look at color at all. We all probably have some white allergies is, is the way that Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey explained it. He did an episode with, with Acho, and we don't even know it. And the more I thought about it, the more they're probably right. They're probably right. Innately, we were dis- you know, we ha- we probably have that inside us. It's sort of human nature to a degree. You look at people, you size them up. But it's important to listen to what everybody says and then figure out what can we do, right? Like I said, number one priority to me is take care of your own house. There's racist people out there. We're probably not going to change some of these people's minds right now. But if we get to that next generation and the generation after that, there will be a better world with much more equality for our kids and our kids and our grandkids and those the future generations that it's important that we make sure 
they're in a better place because we kind of hit a we kind of hit a we kind of stalled as a society here. And now this is an opportunity. I think there's going to be a lot of change in our in our world, in our environment, in this country. The impetus of this was probably the George Floyd murder. There's it's been a buildup, and now here we are. And the question from the football side is, how do they handle it? And what you hear are rave reviews. I mean, I've talked to people, coaches, players. You hear from people in the Giants' front office. And there's been nothing but rave reviews about the way that Joe Judge has handled this with his players. Because remember, this is a a locker room that is primarily black. But the locker room is, is a tremendous... uh place in the first place right it, it's just the locker room is so much more racially tolerant than society in general that's the beauty of a locker room is that, is that guys just come together and and become one on a much more consistent basis than we do in society now joe judge has had endless conversations right and he's not just the one sitting up there and speaking he's listening He's been open-minded. That that's that's really what the Giants have had. They've had open and honest conversations. Players have talked. Coaches have talked. Everybody has listened. They've talked about a variety of racial topics. And from the players that I spoke to so far, they're impressed with the way that Joe Judge has handled this all. That he seems to understand as much as, you know, a grown white man can understand, or at least has been open to listening to everything that's out there that his players want to talk about. You see players like Chris Peace, the outside linebacker. You see Eric Smith, an offensive lineman. You see Elijah Penny, the fullback. They're out there protesting, trying to make a difference. Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard were in that NFL video, right, saying, you know, they could have been George Floyd or any of these other recently uh, killed black people by police. So everyone's trying to make an impact and everybody could do it in different ways. And this isn't going to go away. It's going to be a topic that's going to have to, that's going to be there when the season comes along, right? Because how are players, how are the giants going to handle this? Are they, are there going to be people kneeling during the national anthem? We know where that went last time, right? the, The topic became disrespecting the military. Instead, of protesting social inequality. But now we're at a different time. And even players like Xavier McKinney, who's just a rookie out of Alabama, has been extremely outspoken. We're at a new point in time. And things change. Remember, there was a point in time where John Mara and Giants ownership said they would support players. They said they would support them, but they also said they would prefer that their players didn't kneel during the national anthem, that they would stand. So... How are players going to handle that? I think there's going to be something. We don't know the shape it's going to take. I don't think anybody knows the shape it's going to take. We're going to have to take a wait-and-see approach. But how are the Giants players going to address that? And in the meantime, I'm taping this on a Friday. They're about to get off for the summer, the veterans. This is the last day of their virtual program. Good news is they've been spending time together on and off in Austin, Texas the past few weeks. Daniel Jones has organized workouts this this says a lot about him as a leader to me. He's the one who organized it, spearheaded it, and guys have come through pretty regularly. Most of the guys on the offense, most of the key guys on the offense have been there. And 
it's good because this is their first opportunity to get to run routes and work on their timing in an after getting the playbook, after knowing Jason Garrett's playbook. So that's where the Giants stand right now. We're about to go into summer break. And with that, on to the next one. Okay, here we are. Not just going to take your questions. We're going to take all your deepest, darkest Giants questions in Giants After Dark. First question from Aiden Scully 1. Thousand yard season for Slayton. That's obviously Darius Slayton, not Chris Slayton, the defensive tackle. I would bet against a thousand yard season for Darius Slayton. Not that Darius Slayton's not a good player. Not that he shouldn't get better. But the Giants have a lot of mouths to feed. How is Darius Slayton going to get a thousand yards? Uh, Golden Tate is going to get 800 plus and Sterling Shepard's going to get 800 plus and then there's Evan Ingram who's going to get, you know, if he stays healthy, 7-800. So that's a lot of yards, a lot of balls to go around. It's just hard for me to see it. I'm not sure. Now, here's I like Darius Slayton as a player. And what he has working for him is him and Daniel Jones, they just work well together. 48 for 740 last year and eight touchdowns. That that touchdown ratio by the way is Probably not sustainable. Okay? The touchdown rate. Uh, Touchdown every six catches. Not sustainable long-term in the NFL. But Darius Slayton, I think, should be a good player. I think he had 740 last year. But remember, that 740 came with guys being injured. You know, Sterling Shepard being injured. Uh, Evan Ingram being injured. Golden Tate being suspended early in the season. So I think really the more realistic number for Golden uh, for Darius Slayton is probably about 760. And I know it doesn't seem like a big jump. But remember, there's now uh, balls that have to be spread around as long as everybody. Even Saquon Barkley. He was injured last year. So uh, I think 760 should be the number. If, D- if Darius Slayton has 760 and eight touchdowns again, I think that's a pretty good year. I mean, is he a true number one? If he de- if he develops into that, that's great. But I'm not sure he's going to get that opportunity to be able to do that, at least this year, at least right now, where everything stands with this Giants team, what they're trying to do offensively. This is, remember, a team that's going to run the ball a lot. They're going to be as, I, I say run heavy. And when I say run heavy, it doesn't mean they're going to be a run first team and run the ball 65% of the time. Run heavy in today's NFL is maybe 50-50. But compared to the other teams, like they're not going to be the Bucks last year who were throwing the ball around the yard and everyone's going to get theirs and they get 2,000-yard guys because their Giants are not going to operate that way. They have Saquon Barkley in the backfield. So I would, if I had a bet, I would bet against Darius Slayton 1,000 yards. Now, if you tell me Evan Ingram's going to get hurt again and Sterling Shepard's going to get hurt and neither of them are going to play, you know, 10 games, then, okay, now Darius Slayton has a shot. That's realistic to me. Right now, it seems a lot would have to fall in his favor to get near 1,000 yards. Uh, Giants Vidal 1027, Antonio Vidal asked, odds Marcus Golden are back. I'm going to put him at... Right now, I'm going to put a percentage is 55-45 that he returns. Just my opinion, the longer this goes, 
the more confident the Giants are that he's going to end up back with them, right? Until something comes along. Now, there's still time. Golden Side believes there's still time, you know, that, that for some, for something better to come along. Remember, it would be about 110%. It would be exactly 110% with some slight details of how this works. But to his contract last year, Last year he ended up making you know four and change, four million and change, but that was because he hit, also hit that bonus, hit that one million dollar sack bonus. So, you know, if he hits that sack bonus again, ten double digit sacks, he'll be in the five million dollar range. Can somebody beat that? Can someone offer him more guaranteed money? Yeah, there's an absolutely a possibility. The dominoes are going to fall at that position soon, at some point, right? And that right before training camp, at some point, right around there. There's guys like Jadavian Clowney, Marcus Golden, Cameron Wake, Vinnie Curry, Everson Griffin. So there's pass rushers out there. The market's going to move on them at some point. Now, how much is the money going to be? Is there a better offer out there than basically $4 million for Marcus Golden? Not so sure. So I, I think it's more likely he's he's back with that May 5th tender that they gave him. You know? It's by I think July twenty second is the date, or by the start of training camp. So we'll see we'll see when that is. So somewhere around there, we're going to find out. So right now, I have it at fifty five forty five. Informed opinion. Next question. Let's give a lighter one. Keep, marry, or get rid of. FMK, I think is a real game, but you 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 know. This is this is the uh, abridged version. Keep, marry, discard. Let's give a lighter one. It says, uh, "M nerd one, K N E R D, not nerd N E R D. M K M K nerd. How about that? M K nerd one. Let's give a lighter one. Uh, keep, marry, discard. Saquon, Daniel Jones." Joe Judge. All right. Now, I'm going to marry Saquon here because he's the only one that I know right now. The only one out of the three that we know for sure is a stud, is a star. Right? Now, I'm going to discard Joe Judge even though because everything so far has been positive, but Really, we haven't seen him coach a game, so I don't know. And I'm going to keep Daniel Jones because I've seen enough with Daniel Jones that I could say, okay, there's optimism there. I like what I saw. There's a little bit of of sexiness to his game. He can make that throw he made across his body to Darius Slayton and that Bucks in his first start. Mm, Good. More of that, Giants are in good shape. At So Bourbon, Josh Sobin says, "What's your best guess on total regular season NFL games per team uh, per team played this season, and how many of those games will be played with fans in the stadium?" I think there will be sixteen games. Okay, the NFL is going to end up playing, in my opinion, barring some setback along the way, sixteen games. Fans, different story. I'm not sure if they could put in sixty, seventy thousand fans in a stadium. So I'm going to say the games are going to be played, 16 games. 
I feel confident about that. I have no idea about the fans. Let's see where things are in a month or two. But the likelihood is they're going to be playing in empty or half-empty stadiums. There's no way around that. There's no way around that with, with everything right now. The numbers are spiking up a little bit in other places around the country right now. So it's just hard for me to see them packing the stadium full with 60,000, 70,000 fans. A little lighter question from JMFL. He said, did you ever buy, the, buy those Vori clothing, Sunday performance joggers? And, yeah, I asked people about uh, what's the best sweatpants out there. And I did not buy the Vori clothing. I did get three different sweatpants, okay? One was Roots. Canadian company sent me some stuff. I liked it. More traditional, like, fleece-type sweatpants and sweatshirt. Uh, on the warm side, comfortable, though. Extra cushioning. I liked it. Sweat tailor, I got stylish, comfortable. These were my favorite. I mean, they were they were awesome to wear. I mean, they they're just good looking, uh, performance jogger type pants, not just your traditional sweatpants. And then I got from my boys, big Giants fans. Everybody, go follow them. Uh, look at their stuff. You got the Drip Kick guys, okay? Who sent me two pairs of sweatpants, stylish wise. Love these. They just they just have uh, they just have a good flair to them, right? All their stuff does. So comfortable and stylish. Uh, my guys at Drip Kit. So go look them up. They do some good 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 stuff. Really like really like their stuff. Uh, next question. So at Ethan Big Blue says, what players might the Giants consider adding before the season starts? Now I mentioned those pass rushers before, and it's not just Marcus Golden that's out there. Forget Jadavian Clowney for a second because he's not going to be on the Giants. That's not going to happen, okay, for a variety of reasons. Injury history, price, just situation. Does he really fit what they're trying to do? But I do think they're going to end up adding one of these veteran pass rushers. And like I mentioned, there's guys out there like Vinnie Curry, Cameron Wake, who are possibilities. Those those veterans that you could just add to the mix. So I, I do think... Those kind of guys are possibly going to be at it, even at center. I don't think it's out of the question at all that we see a John Jalapio back at some point, recovering from an Achilles injury. A Justin Britt, I wouldn't put completely out of the equation either. Former Seahawks starting center. What's the price going to be on these guys? Where do the Giants stand in their competition? These are all going to be factors, but... I can easily see them, and I do think that those, those some of those guys, out of those guys, I do think they're going to add one or two of them. And my boy license plate guy asks, Caden Smith's numbers this season. What do you think? Caden Smith. So now we're digging deep. And now here's what this is contingent on. What happens with Evan Ingram? Because the reality is that Caden Smith, don't get me wrong, you talk to some coaches from last year, people in the organization, they were impressed with him. They think Caden Smith, who they picked off of, off of waivers at some point, is a quality player, the real deal. Now, does that mean he's a high-end starter in the NFL? I think that might be a stretch. But a quality contributor, a good player, can he start? 
Can he step in as a starter? He showed last year he he could be a pretty good fill-in starter. But as long as Evan Ingram is on this roster, and we talked about this before when we talked about Slayton's numbers, you have Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, right? All these guys. So where does where does Caden Smith now come into the mix? Last year, he got an opportunity, took advantage of it. His numbers were looking at the wrong guy. Six starts, nine games, forty-two targets, thirty-one catches, two hundred sixty-eight yards. So I think the realistic numbers for Caden Smith are like okay, he's gonna be like a four hundred, five hundred yard secondary tight end kind of guy, right? Let's say Evan Ingram misses two or three games. Caden Smith steps in, becomes the primary tight end target. But still, the Giants are going to use a lot of two tight ends. He's going to be used. He's going to be a solid contributor. You know, four, 450 yards, those are decent numbers, especially for a number two tight end because that's the reality. Is Evan Ingram, if he's healthy, if he's on the field, is going to be their top receiving tight end. He's going to be the first look. He's a mismatch. He's a walking mismatch. Go go look at how fast he runs. Go look at how quick he plays. Runs good routes. Hands a little inconsistent, but that come, that's part of the package. So, Caden Smith put me down for somewhere, let's say 450 yards, which I think is pretty good. 450 yards, four, four, four or five touchdowns. Pretty good. Pretty good. On to the next one. All right, we'll wrap up here a little bit quickly with uh, Jordan on a beat where I tell you what it's like to be a Giants reporter, NFL reporter, ESPN reporter, and what it's been like the last two weeks, really, right? The Black Lives Matter movement has been out forefront in the public. Uh, the George Floyd murder happened. We all saw it. The protests all throughout our country. And I mentioned it before. And you're kind of sitting there saying, well, what's appropriate for me to say? What's appropriate for me to do? Right? You're, you're concerned about saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. I mean, this is reality. Okay? I have an employer. I have to represent my employer appropriately. What's appropriate for me to say during this time? What's appropriate for me to do? And you're kind of walking on eggshells a little bit. That's at least how I felt, personally. Because I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what I should say and what I should do. So what I really did was at first, I let it all marinate. I let it all sink in. Say, okay, where do I fit in? You know, what can I do? What should I say? What should I repost? So if you look at my timeline on social media in general, I was pretty quiet for a little bit because I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't know. And I really had to think about it. I had to listen. I had to listen to some, you know, people talk. Like I mentioned, Emmanuel Acho was one of the, one of the people I was listening to. Like, well, you know, what am I supposed to think right now? You know, where, what, what, not what am I supposed to think? Cause I don't want, I don't want him to make it sound like someone else is telling me what I should think, but you listen to other people and you get a different perspective. You get ideas 
And I think that's what you did. And I think that's really the way you want to handle these things. You don't want to be overly reactive. Right? Andy Reid used to always say, and this is a, you know, this is about football, but things are never as bad as they look. Things are never as good as they look. And that's always his first reaction to thing, right? After a game. Because he wants to then step back and be able to fully take in the situation. So he goes and rewatches the game and, you know, he does his research basically. And you don't want to let your reactions take over. And I think that that should be the case with, with situations like these. And really just in general, that's, that's my sort of rule with social media, right? I don't want to be overreactive. I like to try and step back, take a deep breath, think about it, and not, and make sure I don't say or do anything that I'm going to regret later. So that would be my advice to people out there. You should do the same. And I, I don't think this just applies to journalists or people covering the NFL or uh, people at ESPN. I think most people should do that. When you're, especially with social media, don't just jump and throw out hot takes in your original reaction. You might regret something you say later on. You might regret something you typed, and I've done it. Don't don't get me wrong, I've done it multiple times, plenty of times, where you do stuff and you, you're too, you're overly reactive, and the next thing you know, like ten seconds later, you're like, you know what? I probably shouldn't have said that. So, sit back, take a deep breath, think about it before you post or do anything. But I hope everyone goes out there and makes a difference. Do your part. Whatever you think your part is, whatever you feel comfortable and appropriate doing, I think that's the way everyone should operate nowadays. And with that being said, that's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. Probably a little too much social matters for your Giants podcast, but I'm sorry. I felt the need to talk about it to some degree. And I promise you, we will get to that Daniel Jones review soon. Okay? Probably next week. All right, back to football being the primary topic of conversation here on Breaking Big Blue and who knows where. Because you know what? We don't know where this where the, where the next turn is going to be. We don't know what the next move is going to be, where this movement is going to take us. But I've learned a lot through it all, and uh, I hope you did as well. Uh, of these these past few weeks they've, they've been definitely eye-opening to a degree and i hope it has been that way for a lot of people out there i could definitely say that about me uh so that's the end of this episode remember you could always catch me on instagram facebook twitter you can email me you could find me send me questions i'll do my best i always do my best to try and answer most people's questions especially twitter's the hardest for me to find them but you send them on instagram uh email facebook uh, facebook and eh. Uh, they sometimes get lost. So you want to email me your Instagram questions? I'll do my best to answer them. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, tell your friends, like, subscribe, Breaking Big Blue on all podcast platforms. We'll be back next week. I'm your host, Jordan Rodon, ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com, Giants reporter. See you next time. (laughs) 